0: Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoyed this message. Beautiful name it is. You can take your seats. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. It is uh, beautiful. It's my privilege to get to open the Word this morning, but before I even do that, I just want to repeat what Jock said. I just want to say a huge thank you to your church, not just for Last Weekend Forgiven, but actually for embracing this whole season. You know, table living has been such a significant part Um, of our teaching over the last few weeks, well, the last couple of months, but you have just so embraced that, brought it into our culture, and just have been incredible in your support. And we just thank you so much for that. We thank you for moving forward together. Didn't matter what our steps looked like, we all took whether it was a shuffle or a leap, or a big step, it didn't matter. We all moved forward together, arm in arm. So I just wanna say a huge thank you from my heart as well as Jock's heart. But this morning, I am like the transition person. I am the transition between table living and faith forward. And I am transitioning us all over to summer Sundays. And um, I think we have an amazing amazing habit that we're going to look at today. And I said to Jock, I'm going to tell people that I'm going to talk to them about something that will save their lives. We're going to talk about something that will save... Your life Now, I know you're probably thinking, surely Jesus saves my life. <laughs> and he does. But the Bible is full of verses that talk to us about guarding ourselves. And tell me if I'm wrong or not, but if something is guarding you, it is kind of saving your life, right? So we're good. So I think it's okay to say, I want to talk to you about something that will save your life but I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. All I will tell you is that I truly believe that it will, it will affect your speech, it will guard your mind, it will guard your heart, it will guard what you think, it will guard your life. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. In fact, the Bible is full of guarding things. Malachi says, be on your guard, do not be unfaithful. Jesus says, guard yourself against hypocrisy. Proverbs and Psalms say, guard instructions, guard my teaching, guard your steps, be on your guard against greed. There are quite a few things that it talks about you must be on your guard against. Why? Because if you can guard them, if you can guard yourself from them, they will save your life. And recently I have been reading my Bible with a what if mentality. So I've been reading some stories and going, what if this habit had been introduced? What if this had been put here instead? And I don't know if there's any Marvel fans in the room, anyone here love Marvel? Anyone been watching the What If series? What if Thor were an only child? (laughs) What if all the superheroes died? Me and my, I haven't been watching them all, but my daughter's been telling me all about them. What if Ultron? One. (laughs) I know, right? I've lost half the room here. (laughs) Maybe for you, you'd prefer that movie, Sliding Doors. That's more your thing, right? Because we're like the other generation. We're like, yeah, I get you now, Sliding Doors. What happens when Gwyneth stays in the train? What happened? What would have happened if she'd missed it, right? What if? What if? So how do we do this? How do we guard our hearts, be on our guard against? What is that habit I'm talking about? And I will take you to that what if, don't you worry. I'm going to go there. But let's backtrack first and have a look at some scripture. Is that okay? Okay, perfect. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says this. And I think you all know it because I think we all know verse 7, which says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yes? Amazing verse. The peace of God will guard you. That's God's peace that guards you. But actually, if we look before that verse, it talks about a habit that I think is really important alongside that. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here's another verse for you, Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. The message says, cultivate thankfulness. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourself to prayer being watchful on your guard, and be thankful. Somehow, the peace of God in these verses is somehow also alongside this habit called thankfulness. So this morning, I want to talk to you about thankfulness. Now you might be there going, surely we all know what thank you means. Like I'm constantly telling my kids, say thank you. Go back and be grateful. I'm not talking about the good manners of saying thank you. I'm talking about guarding our hearts with gratitude. It's a different kind of gratitude. And I do believe that thankfulness will save your life. And we will get to my what if moments, I promise you, but we still haven't finished with scripture. Because Romans one twenty-one tells us what happens without it. It says this, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking and darkened in their foolish minds. Ephesians 5.4 says, let there be no filthiness, nor silly talk, nor levity, which are not fitting, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Thanksgiving will save you from all that. Let's have a look at a couple of characters in the Bible before we enter our what if that were very thankful and I think they're worth looking at. First one, Paul. Nearly 50 times Paul says thank you in his letters. He, I mean, the guy was thankful for everything. He was thankful for faith, thankful for the love of the saints, thankful for the steadfastness, steadfastness, steadfastness in trial, <laughs> thankful for the spiritual gifts, thankful for their partnership in the gospel, thankful for their history and mutual affection. Paul was very thankful. He was a very thankful man. Those epistles are full of thankfulness. But then in Second Corinthians, he tells us, he's not shy to tell us, by the way, let me give you a list of all the things I've gone through. So in 2 Corinthians, he tells us, I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten with rods. I've been bitten by a snake. I have written most of my letters in prison. And yet right before he gives us this whole list, 2 Corinthians 2, he just says right before it, but I am so thankful. He is so thankful. Then he tells us everything else he's been through. But he starts that, but I am so thankful. Someone else who gave thanks, one more person we need to look at before we go into our what ifs, Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, who had everything at his disposal, would take time to say thank you. Let's have a look at those verses. Luke 9. He's about to ask the Father for a miracle. He, he needs to feed 5,000 people, and all he has is five loaves and two fish. And Luke 9 16 says, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke it. And then he gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. John 11 Lazarus has just died. Jesus is going to go and resurrect him and he knows he's going to do this. And it says, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. If Jesus himself looks up to heaven and thanks God, how much more can we learn from the habit of eyes up and say thanks? Eyes up and give thanks. Eyes up to God, not on ourselves, and give thanks. Give thanks to Him. And so let's go back to my what ifs. Because I tell you what, eyes up and give thanks will save you. If we can cultivate thankfulness, if we can thank God for, I don't know what you want to thank Him for, but you can start with, thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thankfulness can start there and it can just... You could always find something to be thankful for. So here is my first what if. We've all heard of David. Yes? Lovely David. David who is a man after God's heart. David also committed adultery and premeditated a murder. Right? (laughs) We know this about David. That all started in this verse. 2 Samuel 11 verse 2. One evening, David got up from his bed, walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. And from this moment on, starts that story where we hear of the adultery, we hear of premeditated murder, and we have that whole saga take place. What if, what if this read, One evening, David got up from his bed, walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. And David looked up and thanked God for the wife he already had. What about if David looked up and thanked God for the family his wife had given him? What about if David looked up and was thankful that his men were gonna come home to their beautiful wife soon. What if David looked up and took that moment to pray, God, I pray her husband comes home soon. I pray for my army. What if, what if David had put that principle in place? Thankfulness will save your marriage. Okay, let's look at another one, Saul. Saul. I have a whole thing in my head about Saul because I literally read Saul and I go, "What should Saul do?" Because every time, <laughs> every time you, you hear Saul and you read a story, you're like, "Oh, Saul, what you should have done? <laughs> what you should have done is this. What should Saul do?" Anyway, Saul, First Samuel 18, verse seven to nine, they danced and they sang and they sang. Saul has slain his thousand, and David his ten thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he take but my kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And we know where that ended up. What if this read, do you like my what ifs? <laughs> what if this read as they danced and they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? What if this read? And Saul looked up and thanked God for the thousand that he had slain. And Saul looked up and thanked God that the next generation was coming before him, behind him. What if he looked up and he thanked God that he could take place in supporting David and bringing through the future? What if? And give thanks. Eyes up and give thanks. Eyes up and give thanks will save your life. It will save you from emotions that will rot your very soul. Okay, I have a last what if. It's a random one, I'll tell you that now but I can't choose where I'm reading my Bible from. (laughs) And this is where I was reading. I was in Exodus and through Numbers and Leviticus, just reading through the Old Testament. And so I came across this story. And this story really actually made me sit up and go, gosh, what if? What if? How different this would have read? Because this story is about Korah. And Korah is the one who it says the earth swallows him up because of his attitude, because of what he did. And here it is in number 16, verse 1 to 3. Korah, Dathan, Abiram rebelled against Moses. They came as a group and confronted Moses and Aaron, saying, you've overstepped yourself. This entire community is holy, and God is in their midst. So why do you act like you're running the whole show? Oof, ground opens, swallows them (laughs) A a few verses later. Because of their attitude. But what if, what if, what if Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and we'll stop there because the next thing says rebelled. What if Korah, Dathan, and Abiram looked up and thanked God that they were privileged in their position as Levites? What if they looked up and they thanked God? because they were able to help the rest of Israel because they were separate from them in the work that they were able to do in front of God. What if they looked up and they said, God, what can we do to support Moses? Don't think he's getting it all right. What can we do to help him? Where can we pray for wisdom? What if their thinking had been changed with eyes up and give thanks. Yeah. I up and give thanks will save you from the wrong thinking and the wrong attitude. It will save your life. It is a habit that we need to cultivate. So, how do we cultivate the habit of thankfulness? There are three things that I'm going to talk to you about here. and We're going to do them just really quickly because I don't think they're new to you. But with that understanding that I up and give thanks can change your life. Let's read them a little bit more carefully. The first one is this, cultivating thankfulness. Remember, put remembering in your life. The Bible over and over and over again talks about Remembering, God tells his people, have these festivals to remember. He tells his people, Put, build an altar so you can remember what I did, that your generations that come before will remember all my actions from today. Why? Because he knows how prone we are to forget. Fee talked about it today. We're actually doing the prayer and praise reports. I remember a time when I was doing the MCing and praise and prayer reports and I looked at them and I went, oh my gosh, the same praise reports are the same prayer requests. Someone was asking for restoration in the marriage, somebody was thanking God for restoration in their marriage. Somebody else was asking for a job, somebody else was thanking for a job. Somebody else was asking for salvation for someone, someone else was thanking God for salvation. And I remember the confidence that I was able to walk up here with and go, he did it before. Just like he said, he can do it again. He can do it again. Remember The word thanks actually derives from think. It actually means, I will remember what you did for me. That's actually what it means. I will remember what you did for me. Remember your salvation. If there is nothing else you can be thankful for today, just remember your salvation. Jock spoke to a pastor not so long ago who's been a pastor for over 40 years. And they asked him, what advice would you give us? And he gave them lots of bits of advice. But one of the things that he said was, I take time in my week every single week to remember where I came from and to thank God for my salvation. What a beautiful thing to do. Number two, we have six minutes. We're going to do it quick. Number two, celebrate. Celebrate. I know, I know I always go on about celebration because I love to celebrate, but I do think that it's something that will help us to be thankful. We remember and we celebrate that which we have remembered, correct? We celebrate birthdays, we celebrate people having, getting married, we celebrate because we want to be thankful for what is happening in people's lives. The Old Testament knew how to party. I of my favorite people, the Old Testament. they knew how to party. They had festivals. Like when they dedicated the temple, they took 15 days out, just to party. I like that. And you can celebrate in your tone. Turn to the person next to you now with celebration in your heart, and say, "I am so, I thank God for you." <laughs> There is a difference between just saying it and there is a difference between having celebration in your heart. I thank God for you. You are incredible. And the last one, joy. Joy. I have heard, um, I heard a Bill Johnson quote recently. Hannah, you'll like this. There you are. <laughs> and he said this. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Therefore, Your strength is determined by your joy. That has stayed with me all this time because I think, you know what? So, so true. And joy is a choice. The verse that it comes from is Nehemiah 8.10. The day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The people were grieving. The Word of God was being read out. They were understanding how they had not met up to any of this. And they are crying and they are grieving. And he tells them, hey, today we're going to choose joy. We're going to choose joy. Eyes up and give thanks. And Nehemiah got this because he even he was building the temple, but it also says that he had men dedicated just to thanksgiving songs. He understood this assignment. Eyes up and give thanks will save your life. The Old Testament is marked by thankfulness. There is a song that that, um, David wrote called Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. 41 times. That song is found in the Old Testament. Why? Because they knew, eyes up and give thanks. They said thank you when they brought the ark into the temple. They said thank you when they were able to dedicate it. In fact, it says as soon as they thanked him that a glory cloud came down. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Second Chronicles tells us about Jehoshaphat's army. Says this, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army singing, give thanks to the Lord because his love endures forever. It's a famous story because instead of sending people forward in the battle, he sent worshipers forward in battle. But the worship he sent forward was give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Eyes up and give thanks If we can approach our week with eyes up and give thanks, it will change our life. Husbands and wives, if you are being tempted by anything this week, eyes up and give thanks to God. Teenagers, if you're going through exams and friendship and you're comparing yourselves, eyes up and give thanks to God. There is no lack in Him. Don't allow those thoughts that rots your soul get in. If that news comes in that normally derails you, eyes up and give thanks to God. And I feel set up by our worship team today because they ended up doing so many songs about thankfulness today. And then Aaron got up and actually said, we are thankful for the blood of Jesus. Eyes up and give thanks. In Faith Forward, we spoke about being hallmarked by faith, being marked by faith. And I want to also tell you, I want to challenge you, not just to be marked by faith, but be marked by thankfulness. Be marked by thankfulness. And as we close this morning, look at my timing, 1 minute 44. (laughs) Here we go. As we close this morning, I want us to stand up. And we're going to read the psalm of give thanks to his love, to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. And it's gonna come up behind me. We couldn't do the whole thing, because I thought that was a lot, so it's a lot of verses. But we've got one to six and then 26. And after I do that, the band's gonna come up and we're gonna worship, and then Jock is gonna come and close us in prayer. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, Psalms 136, here we go. Together, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven because his love endures forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you, so why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at lifechurchhome. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.